Welcome to week two of Training Camp, and thanks for being part of VGK Daily, the podcast. I'm Darren Millard. Practice scheduled for City National Arena on this Monday morning, and we are excited about it because there's something uh, a little bit in, in the works for this one. We invite you to watch a VGK streaming the Training Camp Bulletin on all of our social media channels uh, throughout this training camp process as we work our way into week two of training camp. I'm Darren Millard along with radio play-by-play announcer Dan Duba and Dan we worked uh, yesterday's stream together and watched physical play increase a touch as this week's gone on. Pete DeBoer talking with the media yesterday Darren said it's a necessary evil to get that bumping and grinding in there. I, I wonder how much of it you can really push, how much you can simulate Get to a point where, all right, practice, exhibition game, round robin games, and then ultimately what counts, round one, when you face elimination. That, to me, is the progression and how the coaching staff manages that um, tricky thing, at least in my mind. Because everybody's coming out of the pause healthy, and you don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. Yeah, you know, you put the your, your foot to the floor, right? Pedal to the metal. But you are at the highest risk for injury in those kinds of scenarios. Whereas at the same time, if you try to avoid injuries, you're likely shooting yourself in the foot too. So I, I, I can see how they're trying to, little by little, turn up the dial. Well, here's the coach on the physical play, and then we'll also include the back end of that. Pete's plan for today's practice and why this is uh, the progression of training camp 2.0 and just trying to elevate things bit by bit and the last thing you want is injuries um but you have to uh get some level of physicality back in your practices uh so that it's not a shock come game time so there's always a fine line there i think uh, we're trying to walk that as well as we can i think you know if anything we try and err on the side of caution and getting to the game healthy but uh, when you've been off for four months and you haven't uh, done any of that bumping or grinding, it's something that you, you have to, to get to a necessary evil. You know, as far as the game situation stuff, that's secondary to me. Uh, you know, uh, jerseys and anthems and music and timeouts and, and things like that. It's, it's more about uh, getting them uh, back to getting game reps. So... I think tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get as close to a, a game-like scrimmage as we can and, and continue to, to add the special teams aspect to it. So the stream today takes on added importance because uh, a little more game-like. I was hoping for a scrimmage yesterday, Sunday. Uh, we saw some power play stuff, some penalty kill stuff, but it was not a full-on scrimmage. I was hoping to practice the play-by-play a little bit, um, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do that today. I think that there's uh, there's there's some stuff there where um, when you come to a scrimmage as a player, you're you're playing the game. If you're doing stuff that is ultra structured, the coaches are dra- diagramming. You're being told what to do. It's necessary, but these guys want to play games, right? It's been a long time since they've played games, and so when the coaches provide that opportunity to really play five on five, offsides, penalties, that kind of stuff. You feel like you're really getting closer. And um, I was also interested in that Pete DeBoer told us he's not interested in the secondary simulations of 
playing music, national anthem, jerseys, and all that other stuff. No, it's because we have seen that around yeah, the league a little bit. Yeah, and uh, and I, that I think Pete uh, doesn't have time for that stuff. He wants to simulate games, but he can trust his players to not have to imagine what it's like to have a media timeout. They've been through that before. Boy, it, there's just so much going on when the return to play happens and playing games uh, ranging from noon to three thirty to seven thirty, like local time. Like it's you, you can't prepare for everything. No, this is uh, I think. It, it, point of intrigue um and when you're headed into uncharted territory there's concern but again it's unlike anything we've seen before so whereas you're you're thinking about every hockey team you've ever played for you keep on playing and then ultimately there's a championship and then it's over and you go into the next year that's not how this season has unfolded there's been this huge break it's almost like starting a new season and you're going to be in this singular city, and you're not going to interact with people in a normal way. So it's unlike anything these guys have been through before, but um, I think that there are positives to that because you're going at it with fresh eyes, and maybe guys will learn things about themselves because they're not stuck in that same routine that they have been, many of them, living through for a good chunk of their adult life. Along with the weekend's worth of work on the power play and the penalty killing. Sunday also offered up our first opportunity to chat with Alec Martinez, the acquired defenseman from the Los Angeles Kings this year. And uh, boy, uh, he, he uh, is entertaining, offers a different perspective, and just will give people an opportunity to listen to, first up, uh, what he's planning to take to the bubble. And this is one of the more detailed answers that we've been able to uh, glean from the players over the course of uh, asking them this question over the last couple of days. I think it's a pretty, pretty common theme that everyone is, uh, whether you play Xbox or not, um, you know, I'm not a huge gamer, but I'm, I'm definitely bringing mine. Um, I think just, uh, you know, on a serious side, I think just some stuff to maintain, uh, your body, you know, in the, in the room, just some, maybe some things that would be, you know, easily accessible in, in normal times, with just being able to you know, do that maintenance work in, in, in your own room. So I'm going to bring some of that, but, um, yeah, I mean, snacks, I've, I've already, you know, I've gone to Costco and got some stuff. So I, I'm basically going to have a bag, um, just for, just for maintenance stuff. And then also, you know, snacks the last year, last year for a while. Cause you know, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, you know, what the situation is going to be like once we get there. Okay. What, what do you think of that? He's clearly spent a lot of time in Hollywood. He's already done the Costco run too. He's, he he's knows how to uh, to answer our questions in a way that will. Um, yeah, let's put it this way: when we ask a question, we're trying to stimulate a response. He provides that without us stimulating. He's always got interesting things to say and um, appreciate the thought that he puts into not only the questions that he asks, but looking at a potentially a long period of time away from home because some of the other players we've talked to admitted freely they had not thought about it yet well chandler stevenson said ah, i'm still not there <laughs> no, uh, not there yet a You're lot of toil- a week <laughs> a lot of toiletries yeah <laughs> he threw that one out sure. there well i'm thinking you know for some teams and the golden knights hope they're not one of them but for some teams this visit to the hub city will be no longer than a standard road trip like when the Golden Knights travel east and play six games in the New York area, for example, you know that that's going to take ten plus days, maybe twelve days. Some teams stay in the bubble will be only that long. 
obviously the the hope is to be there for much longer. But I, I think that we have so much technology we carry in the palm of our hands. A lot different these days being in a bubble in terms of packing than you might have thought if you were in, say, 1992 and packing for a long quarantine. Let me ask you, what does Dan Duva take to the bubble if he was going? I have would have my three devices, you know, phone, tablet, and laptop. I uh, would want to make sure I'd have my headphones. I enjoy listening to some stuff off a speaker. I've got a little Bluetooth speaker, but headphones also. So even if you're alone in the room, you still use the headphones? The headphones are really good headphones, Darren. <laughs> and, and if I'm listening <laughs> to Bruce Springsteen and I want to turn it up really loud, yeah? I wouldn't want to bother whoever's in the hotel room next okay. to me. So I can turn Born in the USA up as loud as she'll go in the headphones, but not on the little Bluetooth speaker. And I think I might, uh, you know, Snacks is the one that people keep mentioning, and I I presume they have snacks in in Canada. I believe heard, so. Right, Mark Stone told us <laughs> last time I was last time I was there. Yeah. They did. Uh-huh. So you know, like little things. Like normally in hotels, they have those coffee machines that. Mm-hmm. Some hotels have better little coffee Ooh. machines than others. If it's the bad coffee machines, I might bring my own little coffee machine. But that... if, they're, if they're good coffee machines, then that's fine. I can just use that. Dues. That's the best one I've heard yet. Coffee maker. It's a shame I'm not going to the bubble. That's, would, you, would you use the dresser drawers? Yes, with the idea that we would be there for a long period of time. Like I said, when we go to New York, and mm-hmm. if we're in the same hotel, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, we might be in the same hotel for a week. I think, yeah, if you're in a hotel for more than, I, I wonder what the cutoff is. Mm, four nights, five nights, somewhere in there to me is the cutoff for whether you're going to use the dresser or not. I always hang stuff up in the closet, yeah. but to use the drawers, I think it's got to be four nights. I'm always afraid I'm going to forget the stuff in the drawers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 The only time I use it is if we're in the same place for a long time, and frankly, that doesn't happen very often. Even in a playoff series, you know, you're only, say, uh, in Winnipeg for, for a few days. So it's, it's close. Four or five nights, I think, would be my cutoff to use the dressers or not. Okay, one more on the off-ice stuff before we get back to Alec Martinez. What do you think the percentage will be of players that will wear suits to the game because there is no dress code in effect during the return to play in the bubble? It's funny because people ask me all the time, Dan, you're on the radio. Why do you wear a suit? Nobody can see you. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a professional element to all of this, but it really does get your mind synced to going to work. And I'd imagine for some of these guys, because even when they were in, say, junior hockey, they're riding on a bus and, you know, they 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 got a suit at, you know, for 60 bucks. At the, you know, these are not Armani suits you're wearing when you're, you know, coming out of the amateur ranks. But it is something that NHL players do. And if your goal, your aspiration is to be that, then you walk the walk, you play the part. And so I wonder how much of that is ingrained in these guys that when you go to a game, especially a Stanley Cup playoff game, putting yourself in the right place, of uh, the right state of mind. And um, a lot of guys, it's for fashion, right? And, and yeah. sometimes, you know, expressing your fashion is good for your mental health. It's a way of um, expressing yourself. So I, I bet that some guys really will want to uh, wear the suits, um, does it make sense? Do they need to? Or are they required to? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm with you. The more I think about this, more guys will wear suits than, than won't. 
Yeah, and maybe you wear a suit but no tie, or mm. see, like maybe they like I can't imagine you're going to have guys walking into the arena like they were walking into a practice rink, like with with shorts and a t-shirt. I don't see that happening either. I'm not sure. I don't know, but but yeah, can you imagine? You know, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, remember we'd have video of, say, Marcia So or Carlson or Smith, like, and, and oh, yeah. the they're showing up in shots. their Lamborghinis. They got, you know, Mark Stone's cool special custom suit. I mean, it's it's a neat thing. And uh, as long as there's a camera there to capture it all, I, I hope that they take advantage. Back to on the ice. And what is it going to be like? No crowd, nobody in the stands. Will be different for the players. It'll be different for the broadcasters, and it'll be different for you, the fan watching. Alec Martinez was asked about that, and then about which one of his teammates will be chirping the most. Uh, here is Alec Martinez. Obviously, we would love to have fans in the building, but the way that you know things are in the world right now, you're you know that's that's not an option. So you know, I think that you can also look at it as an opportunity to maybe tap into uh, um, you know some. Uh, people that aren't necessarily hockey fans and try to grow the game a little bit. I think, you know, there's obviously, especially at the beginning, there's going to be no shortage of games on TV. I think, I think I read there's going to be about six a day at least. So, um, you know, and I, just from the little that I've heard, you know, the broadcasters are, are going to do a good job. I imagine there'll be, you know, microphones everywhere. So you'll be able to pick up on maybe some of the sound of the gameplay, you know, the, a skate cutting into the ice or, or stopping or pucks hitting the glass and, things like that. Um, and then obviously, you know, a lot of the talk amongst the guys. Um, but, you know, I haven't been here super long, but just from what I've, I've seen so far and in playing against him is, is Marshy is a guy that, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't usually shut up. So he's uh, not that he says anything bad, um, you know, that he has to watch, watch uh, his mouth that way. But I think that maybe the fans might, might be able to listen to him, uh, you know, because he's 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 always yapping, always chirping. So uh, maybe he's he's a guy that uh, they're gonna get to know a little bit more. Outside of Xbox, going to the bubble with players, uh, Jonathan Marchessault being the uh, chattiest teammate has been the most consistent answer. <laughs> Our radio booth in Syracuse, New York, hangs over the ice, and I was there when Jonathan Marchessault was there in the Lightning organization, and you could hear him. You could hear. Well, you know, in the, and it's a small old arena, but because especially because the booth hung over the ice, you didn't have the glass obscuring the the sound. He was always the chattiest and often among the loudest players. Uh, belies his size for sure, and uh, he's he's chatty in the room too. I guess it should be no surprise that he'd be as much of a chirper on the ice as he is off the ice. Well, he will be back in action uh, this morning. Check out the training camp bullets and the live stream of all Vegas Golden Knights practices throughout this Phase 3 at City National Arena and Summerlin Hospital Rink uh, on all of our social media channels. Uh, eavesdrop uh, a little bit and you may hear Dan Duva doing a little bit of play-by-play. -play. You are the man that gets this podcast uh, to the inbox of everybody, so thank you for doing that. Tom. Thank you, Darren. It's a pleasure. There's Dan Duva on VGK Daily. A reminder, we will be here every day throughout this Phase 3 and into the return to play leading up to and then through and into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll chat with you again here on Vegas Golden Knights Daily.